This is the Mining Your Own Business podcast brought to you by Elder Research. Each episode will bring in data and analytics gurus from around the world as they regale us with their data analytics stories and enlighten us with their secrets for how to turn data into actionable insights. Now, here's our host, Evan Wimpy, who will guide us as we dare to mine our own business. Hello, and welcome to the Mining Your Own Business podcast. I'm your host, Evan Wimpy, and today I'm excited to introduce our guest, who's Isaac Colazzo. Isaac is the VP of Analytics at STR. Super excited to have you on the show today, Isaac. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Evan. I'm really excited to be here. All right, fantastic. Hey, to get started, can you give us a brief introduction about yourself and your role there at STR? Yeah, I'll start with STR. STR obviously benchmarks the hotel industry since 1987. So we've been doing this on a hotel level basis. So lots of great data, both in terms of depth and width. And so that's really exciting for my role in analytics. I started in analytics back when analytics and data wasn't a thing where, you know, when you used to have to go down to the, uh, what was it called the IT, it wasn't called IT, the, the, <laughs> the database department, whatever you called it and ask them for reports so that we could figure out who our customers were. And so fast forward and started working with data when it all became available through uh, both, uh, you know, PCs and then obviously laptops and, and databases that are accessible by normal people versus just IT folks. Fantastic. And, and Isaac, you've, you've got a background in, in the hotel, the travel industry well before STR here. So you, really there, I think we're more of a, more of a consumer. You like to use this data. Can you talk yeah, about I should some have of mentioned that. Yeah, I started out in the hospitality business, really the marketing side with a company called La Quinta Inns. Time, it was a publicly held company. So it's gone through multiple iterations now, but at the time it was truly publicly held. And then we went to work for Promise Hotels, which was acquired by Hilton. From Hilton, I went to Marriott Hotels and then to IHG. And again, from the time I left La Quinta and through until I got here at STR, it's always been on the data side. Actually began on the marketing side, but ended up in data because it was the right time to really get, you know, start understanding who our customers were. It's really how it all began. So can you, can you talk about, so I, I think that probably resonates more with a lot of people where you're, you're at the hotel, you're at the, the team that needs to use the decision to, to make some difference, to change the way you market or who you market to, or whatever decision you're trying to make. Yeah, it became, it started very innocently, right? So it began with saying, uh, a friend of mine was in reservations and we learned about this new software package, all of you are gonna laugh, called Access, Microsoft Access, but it allowed us to get into the reservation data side and really start understanding who are our customers. And that's how it began. And we really started playing with data and literally we had no agenda at that point, but quickly it be, we became known that we understood how to use the data and how to how to actually mine data per se. And we had a group of people that were doing some kind of protest that were going to boycott the hotel, our brand. And we need to understand what the impact of that would be. Literally, that was the first time I ever used data to understand the size and, and quantify the impact. Do we need to be worried? Do we need to do something? And uh, that was really it just because we played with the data. We had no agenda when we started this. We just wanted to understand. And, you know, being young kids at the time, was like, this is fun. This is like, no one else is doing this. We can do this. And that's how I got started. And then after that, yeah, it's become more complicated since then. <laughs> Obviously, data is a, there's a lot more data than ever before. But back then, it was pretty innocent. Just 
learning and exploring. And those principles, I think, still apply today. People who are on the data side have to be creative and have to just love play with data because if you don't, then it's a pretty boring job. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly think so. Yeah, there maybe the uh, there's there's not as much low hanging fruit, but there's still plenty of places to explore that that folks haven't explored. Yeah, and now we are using data to make uh, actually make decisions, right? Not only quantifying potential boycotts or whatever, but you really are trying to be informed. It's no longer gut feeling. Back then, a lot of decisions were made just on financial data because that was available, right, through accounting systems, but you couldn't really understand the business. I mean, it was just very different. You know, just It was just a different time. And this, what's amazing, not that long ago, right? We're talking just the, the 90s when I really, I started probably the late 80s, probably around 89, 90, started playing with data. But since then, it's just been a revolution, right? I mean, it's just so different what we had back then and the access versus what we have access to today. Certainly. Yeah. Very fast moving space. Um, for, you know, a lot of the audience, certainly some, some hoteliers in here, we hope, but a lot of folks, maybe not as familiar with the hotel industry. I think writ large data has gotten more complex in the level of granularity that's collected. Can you just speak a little bit on sort of what type of data and what type of benchmarking STR provides? Yeah, we are, you know, our data set tends to be, uh, more on the, um, the, the true benchmarking on hotel level, right? So, and we're looking at three, uh, three really big pieces of data, supply, demand, and revenue. So very, in some ways, very simple, but again, it's the bedrock of everything at the hotel level, understanding and creating their own strategies based on what they're seeing from competitors. And so we collect it on a weekly and monthly basis. So that's our primary data set. And again, we're getting it, we get, uh, in the U.S. alone, we have 35,000 plus hotels that give us data on a monthly basis. So it's deep. It's really, it's awesome because you can get down to hotel level. You can build great models with it. Obviously we protect that data. So we do not give our subscribers the ability to get down to a hotel level because no, that's, that would be, uh, violating privacy and everything about in, in, in confidentiality. But what we do is we aggregate it. So we provide industry level metric. We provide market level metrics. But more importantly, we create a comp set. And so a hotel GM or whoever operates the hotel can create their competitive has all kinds of restrictions. You have to have a minimum of four properties. No one brand can be 60% of that. No one company and things like that. Again, to provide, sure. provide a level of confidentiality. But thereafter, you can really see and track how you're doing. And again, four is the minimum. You can have more if you'd like, but we provide you with ranking. We provide you with all kinds of data, diagnostic tools that allow you to understand how you're doing. So the way to think about it is theoretically, the comp set is like, if you run, it's your cohort, right? Your running group, your age group, you're seeing if you're running at the same pace as they are. And essentially that's how I always think about benchmarking. It really is just, is your pace as good as theirs? And, uh, it makes it simple if you think that way. And then as long as you have the right age group, like if you compare yourself at my age to a 20 year old, yeah, probably not going to be. Probably not going to win that race, but if I'm comparing to the other folks my age, I have a chance. At least I have a chance to win. So, okay, that's a great analogy, and I I suspect Isaac that you're outrunning plenty of twenty year olds. So I, don't, I used don't to run with some twenty year olds. I'm killing. <laughs> I'm Jane Wade. Can't do it right now. <laughs> uh, so maybe it's just maybe it's as simple as you know. There's supply, demand, and there's revenue. But is there anything? Do, do the hoteliers have an appetite for more? Do they come to you and say, Hey, could you get us yeah. this? Can you get us this? Yeah, we're, 
we're in the middle of a massive change within STR. And I should have mentioned some other products we have, but right now we are changing. We were purchased by CoStar back in October of 2019. So essentially we're moving into onto their platform. So really our, our focus since then has been lift and shift. Take what we have, to, what we've had in the past and put it into the CoStar platform, which essentially if you want to think about it in a more marketing terms, STR has always been a push kind of strategy where you push the data to you. Sure. Well, CoStar is a pull strategy where you're a subscription you can pull the data as you need it. So again, our focus has been on just lifting and shifting, moving everything over with the existing products. But in the future, then we will be looking at other uh, other data points, including channel, possibly rate codes. But even then, we're actually thinking bigger. So we still think there's more out there, more exploration that can be done with the data set we have that just hasn't been done. Because again, just think about the forecasting side, we have data going back to 1987 on a hotel level basis. You can do a lot with that. The old legacy systems, you couldn't because you really were just doing printed reports, but with Online systems, yeah, we have a, we can do a lot. And that's our focus, thinking of how do we use the data we have to take to the next level. So that's the current data set, the benchmarking piece. The piece I didn't mention was our P&L data. We've been also getting the profit and loss statements from many hotels since, um, I think of the year. It's sometime, it's before 2000. So let's say 98, it may be later than that, or earlier than that. But again, it's P&L data. So we have GOP, we have margins, we have expense side. That also, and again, it's on a hotel level basis. That also gives us the, um, the ingredients to do something no one else has done. And so, because again, we have just, we have um, just the depth of that data and the breadth of it. So yeah, we're working on lots of things. I'm not at liberty to give all the things we're working of course, on. Obviously. Of course. But again, it just gives you an idea when you have data, again, the data sets we have, yeah, you can do a lot more. And no one's ever done it. So that's why I'm super excited about being here. I mean, every day I come in and go, this is great. It's the biggest sandbox there is. Or whether you another way, in the past, we provided users with the ore and they, and they polished it, made rings with it, whatever they wanted to do. Sure. We just provided the ore. Now we're looking at how do we use that ore? We have the mind. Why don't we create things that people can use? And so that's how we're kind of thinking about it. And so we're hoping to create lots of diamonds in the future. Very awesome. Yeah, that that's very exciting. You know, we, big data, maybe not as the as the term du jour like it was right. 10 years ago, right. but there's so many teams that have challenges they want to solve. Well, we've got historic data, but it only goes back 18 months or right. it's granular now, but it, you know, only for the last 12 months has it been this granular. And they probably don't, again, most people don't even have the access to what we have, the resources. Again, the, the greatest thing about being with CoStar now is we also have access to all their real estate data. So you think of it from industrial to offices to shopping centers. There's a way to marry all that and create, again, something that no one else has talked about or seen. So again, we are trying to think that through and, you know, how do you use that? How do you put it together? How do you do something again? How do you create a new dish that no one else has done? Because yeah. we have ingredients. Yeah. Very, very exciting. It feels like a very exciting space to be in. You're, you're vice president there. You've got some, some folks on your team that are trying to make these diamonds with you. Can you talk about the composition of your team? What, what type you of know, folks are there? And this is a question I've been asked, you know, multiple times. I think what's interesting about teams I've always built, both and most of the jobs I've taken is, you know, foremost, yeah, we know we're looking for a skill set. Someone who knows how to work with data. Got it. 
There's lots of people who do that. But what I'm actually looking for is someone who is very creative and right, who has more of a strategy mindset. Not only can they use data, but they understand that we've got to get to a decision or an outcome and not, and you cannot come back to me and say, well, we don't have the data to do that. Huh. Okay. I need you to figure that out. There has to be a proxy. What would you do? Cause we have the decision to make. That's, that's the truth. And this is all we have. And there is no such thing as perfect data. I, in all the jobs, there is just no such thing as perfect data. Right? So I look for someone who's very creative and enthusiastic. I'm looking for someone, you know, it's funny when I interview someone, for those of you who ever interview with me in the future that, you know, that you'll know, but if someone says data is fun, I like playing with data. You're in man, you're in, <laughs> because I know that that's, it's a passion. It's something that you want to, you're going to dig and you're going to figure it out. And it's not just going to be limited by, oh, there's no data. And I do find that in some analysts that we interviewed and some people have worked, it's like, they just stop. They don't know what to do. Well, think it through. What would, you know, what could you use to get proxy? to get it close. And again, for me, some data, some information is better than no data. And I've always been, even when I was talking with executives at the various companies, I say, well, um, I, you know, they'll, they'll question it. And I said, well, this is all we have. This is how we thought about it. This is how we've come to the decision. You can either use this information or you have nothing. Well, I think this is sure. having something is better than nothing. Right. And I think that's all just people have to think it through. But I, I, I get advice people just to get away from that mantra that they need perfect data because it just doesn't exist. And we're even, we are the closest to it, I think, in the hotel space and it's not perfect there either. So I, I hope that this resonates with a lot of folks of you, you just, you know, five minutes ago, you're talking about how rich your data set was. And then at the same time, we don't have perfect data. We need people who can be creative to try to find the right things. So yeah, just if. And again, you know, I'm thinking about algorithms all the time. How do we, how do we use what we have to get to what we don't have? I mean, literally, that's what I'm thinking about. And I actually, we're in the middle of doing some work right now. And that's what I put down. I said, I think there's a way to do this, even though we don't have the data. Let's figure it out. And we can prove it out because we can t do all kinds of testing. But I think that's how you have to go to it. But again, to me, people, I want people that are enthusiastic, truly enthusiastic about data. And, you know, they don't have to be extroverts like I am, but it's just that they have that, that desire, that appetite, and they're just so engrossed with data that that's all they think about. And that's what, you know, as a leader when, in most of my jobs, my whiteboard here is great at the moment, but normally <laughs> I just put up ideas and then let the team say, this is what I'm thinking about. How do we do that? And I love it when someone comes back because I figured it out. This is how we would do that. Cause I have the idea, but I may not know how to do it either, but that's why we bring people who just want to think it through. Yeah. And I think that's a. That's a great point too, you know, with, with, with sort of a, a rich history in the space, you can really drill down the things that are important. You can think of good ideas, but staying on top of tools, techniques, right. ways to use a proxy or to approximate those change so fast And the tool. You know, if we would have had this interview two months ago, there are different tools that are, that are at the forefront. Yeah. I'm less concerned about, again, I'm, I need to have some ability to use certain tools, obviously, right? But yeah, they, they change so fast given my career. I mean, we went from Microsoft access, come on, <laughs> but, so, but then I've used everything under the sun and some things I never even learned to use. I let others learn because I said, okay, I don't need that's, I don't need to learn that, but you, I need to have some knowledge of it, but I don't need to actually know how, how to program that, but it is, yeah, the, the tool thing is important, but it shouldn't be, it should be the appetite and the desire 
again, the eagerness. I guess it goes back to anything. You want someone who's passionate and eager and who's just going to stick with it. You don't want someone just because they can, un they can program, but you've got to force feed them of what to sure. program. It's like, no. Yeah. That, well, we can hire that. That's a development team and we can certainly hire for that. And that's yeah. different. I, yeah, spot on. I, I think you meet some threshold and you're eager to learn. Well, you've shown that you can learn, learn the newest tool or learn what you need to apply to, to this problem. So Isaac, you've got a lot of data. You don't have everything and it's not perfect. If you've got the, you know, the magic button for STR, you guys find tomorrow, you find that the brand new untapped data source, if you're allowed to mention it, like what, what's the data you wish you could collect or you wish you could you know, collect what's, cleaner? Actually, it's, it's more the transactional, but the consumer side, right? So, and again, you know, a lot of consumer companies out there consuming consumer data. That's very, it's hard. It's not hard. It's just a lot of data, but I'd like to know more about the consumer because we make a lot of hypotheses about the consumer. You're hearing a lot about leisure. You know, I'd like sure. to understand, really, could I see that? Again, no one has the magic answer. We're looking at it by days and is it more than one person in a room, things like that. But God, if we get even deeper than that. What is the true hotel consumer? Could we, you know, could we do something more? I'm only, again, more transactional. I'd love to get married with, um, Funny, almost like a census, you know, can we get, can we get people a barcode? Can that be the easiest way? And sure. read the transactions and understand what an individual could we then, I'd cast a type of individual and really create segments that are richer than what they are today. And again, no one has that, even at the hotel side, it's such big data. No one is, no one's really put it all together. Even with all the loyalty schemes, it's still, they're skimming the surface, right? So yeah, we can get all the loyalty data from all the companies. That'd be wonderful. But again, that would be, that's a long time coming. I think that's a, first of all, that's, I don't know if the companies would give it to us, right? <laughs> they're, they're a secret weapon. Yeah, so. I, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that makes perfect sense. And it makes sense that even if it's, if it's sort of skimming the surface for insights or decisions, that the infrastructure is there to, to collect that. I know when I'm staying at a hotel, the first thing I do is, do I have a rewards number? If not, okay, sign up for, for rewards program. Yeah, yeah that would be the, again, that's. Because again, that's the piece that I've always thought in the hotel, even, even when I worked in the hotel side, we just haven't minded as well. I mean, there, there's some, it's not saying it's not being used. It is being used, obviously. I think there's a lot more space, a lot more, uh, uh, abil not ability, but uh, opportunity to, to do more with that data. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I think maybe, maybe this is one of the places where like retail consumer goods is, is a little ahead. Right. They've been on that. Everybody right. knows you at the that the checkout line at the grocery store, you're scanning your card and then somebody knows, okay, here's the purchase pattern. People who buy this, you know, here's, right. here's what to look forward to. It's almost, yeah, it could be it's almost like what Facebook does and on social media where they target the ads. Almost the same thing. I'd love to be able to like target my data analysis on that. But it's, that's, again, I think that's a while ago because that, that's, uh, again, I, the companies, I can't foresee them giving that to many people because that is their secret sauce. Sure, sure. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, you don't have a, a general hotel rewards card. You have a Marriott yeah, Marriott, Marriott or whatever reward. I mean, yeah. yeah. And perfect. they protect that pretty closely. <laughs> uh, so I know, you know some of the, a lot of the work we do, we're, we're working with data providers in this retail space. And it's always, well, why can't they have this? I wish they would have this. Why are there all these caveats? You came from the hotel before you, before you're here at the data provider. Do you have any, is there any like 
wide awaking, eye-opening moment that misconceptions that maybe you had or that people tend to have in, in the hotel space? Not really. I mean, it all goes back to time and resources, right? And so all of us in the big companies, because again, I've worked for some very large companies, relatively speaking, STR is small, even CoStar is relatively small, but um, it's just time and resources, right? And so, you, can, you know, with the roles I've been before is more on the finance and strategy side. So we're using it to make decisions more financial and strategy you know strategic decisions and you just couldn't have time to do the other fun stuff right sure and again it's i guess what happens i think in the big companies is everything becomes very tactical and and at the moment right so even though you have this idea i'm going to work on this today we need to answer this we need to look at this so it becomes just a very tactical process and i think that's why it it feels a little tactical right because it is just today and not taking that holistic view and they just don't have the, the resources or the time to just let people wander and play with data. And again, that's what's really cool with SDR is that we do have that because we're providing the reports. That's pretty automated. Everything to that. But my team, on the other hand, is, is more, hey, we get to play with this and figure something different. And that's what I like about this role versus our previous roles. Yeah, but very much. Bullshit. Yeah, if you've, if you've automated, if most of the, the day-to-day is on autopilot. There's not the constant fires to be putting out. You right. can take that higher level look and viewpoint. And also, uh-huh. hence, the why creativity is such such a valued asset for somebody working there. Yeah. It, it, and again, it's an asset it, like it's what I was at IHG as well. But again, we, would, we were more driven by um, than the immediate needs business at that point in time, right? So we've exactly. got to make this decision. We're looking at this. We're looking at that. What can you tell us about that? It's just very different. It wasn't pie in the sky. What? what kind of is now here it's we get this we're trying to okay how do we improve the product a very different kind of mindset i don't know if i explained that right but it's just different yeah it it makes sense and i think uh you know i don't know that i've ever thought about it this way but it really is it really is appetizing to be at a place you know to think of the data like that where you're not at the tactical putting out the fires on you know this you know, report that's coming out this month, it's right. okay. We can think long-term. We can think yeah, strategically here. Yeah. In my previous job, I was working with quarterly earnings, things like that. And I mean, that's just very, it's very tactical. Just, you know, you work on that yep. to make certain that you had all that ready to go because you can't miss your quarterly earnings state. That's kind of important. It's very different. Awesome. Isaac. Thinking, thinking big, thinking strategically at STR. Isaac, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Guest has been Isaac Colazzo, VP of Analytics at STR. Thanks so much, Isaac. Thanks, Evan. It's been great. All right. If you enjoyed this, make sure to like and subscribe. Mining Your Own Business podcast. Take care.